Is it my favorite murder? How did this get made? Or even the Adam Carolla show? No, it's three-way theater. The award-winning podcast about pro wrestling, movies, and pro wrestling movies. Brian Johnson of Tupelo, Mississippi says three-way theater is definitely a podcast. Jerry McFarley of Bangor, Maine says that the TWT is the perfect podcast for his senile grandfather with early signs of dementia. He just puts it on in the background while Gramps rants about the war. Writer-director of The Naked Man, J. Todd Anderson, says three-man theater reviewed his film. I think he meant three-way theater, but who can blame him for getting it wrong? Four out of five dentists surveyed recommend three-way theater to their patients who chew gum. What the? Isn't this from a Trident commercial? Fucking hacks. Three-way theater is filmed before a live studio audience. Uh-huh. Welcome to the three-way theater. Yeah. Ha. You know. You know. Hey, y'all ready? Let's go. We all about wrestling, but don't call us fanatics. Uh-huh. We talk about wrestling movies, review the classics. Uh-huh. From ready to rumble, body slamming, Russell Madness. You can tell us our passion. Now we into podcasting, screaming Northeast Championship Wrestling. Yeah. Mr. Peacock, go ahead, represent. Yeah. Three-way theater, three the hard way. From your boy Mike, JC, and Lumberjack. Yeah. Welcome to the show. We're waiting for you. No, no, he just wants to start knowing the timer so that way if there are sound bites or things that he wants to use for the end of the year and right. just different right. bit well just just to no, ha- no just and it'll be a lot easier to find So we're recording right now. We've been rec- Welcome to Three Way Theater. Hey guys, I'm hey. Mike Pava. I'm Lumberjake. And I'm JC. And we're a uh, podcast about pro wrestling <laughs> movies and, and pro, pro wrestling, wrestling movies. movies. I like Mikey, you just kind of like you're like and we're you he know froze. Uh, he's like where what the fuck are we? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. What do we do? Mikey's getting so existential ever since he became Rastafarian. <laughs> um Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year and happy old year. We're happy all around. New Year, same us. Same us. Same old, same old. We uh, we are the same. We haven't really changed much at all, have we? Nope. Same clothes. Have we learned anything over the last um, year? I mean, Ask me at the end of the movie. Yeah, I mean, we do that after every episode, so I hope we learn something. Uh, you know... Maybe <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, we're through a theater. We we do this whole pro wrestling movie thing. Uh, we're here for a brand new year. We got a lot of great movies uh, in the pipeline. Yeah, um, the pipe. uh, you know. Also, one of the things I wanted to mention as we head into the new year, um, there are new ways to listen to three way right. theater. You know, there's the old classics. There's the old reliable three way theater dot com, uh, iTunes, 
Podbean. Uh, but now, in the new year, we're we're now on the TuneIn app. Yep. And uh, one of the bigger ones we just got added to, Stitcher. Stitcher. I think Stitcher is one of the cooler ones because what they do is they compress the uh, audio file. It may not be the highest quality, but it saves you bandwidth and it saves you data when you download episodes. And saving data saves you money. <laughs> And yeah, that's what we're all about on three weeks. Right. We had a lot of requests for Stitcher, and I'm I'm happy that we're on there. And you know, if that opens us up to more listeners, I hope so. You have the ability to rate and review on Stitcher as well. You but we're still on the classic uh, ways to listen, correct? Yeah, I mean, definitely. We're you can Such listen as to us in Podbean. Yeah, I've or, we already said all of those did things. You? Yes, yeah, we just like 25 seconds ago we said these boom. things. <laughs> um, <laughs> real quick, I'd like to yeah. thank everybody. Uh, who listened to our Peaky Awards. Yes, thank yes. you everyone that voted. Uh, I will congratulations say, to the winners. Congratulations to the winners. Uh, Rui Batello, the winner of our, our yes. guest host, um, he actually received an actual Peaky Award. He sure did. Yes. Um, we it, were, it was not a Pekingese, uh, despite my protests. Well, the problem was is that all of our Pekingese... Pekingese Dog uh, awards were stolen out of my trunk. Yeah. Oh, we had all of them in your trunk? They were all in my trunk. How'd you fit them all in there? It took they a lot. I took small. out my back seats. I had to take oh, the yeah, seats yeah, out. No. Oh, you, took, yeah. you didn't just fold them down? No, we had to physically take yeah. them out of oh. the car. They unscrewed them. Yeah. And, uh, I won't be able to get them But back for later. some reason, somebody had left the, the trunk popped, and so somebody was able to just come in and steal <laughs> oh. all the awards. <laughs> yeah. So, um, JC, uh, I haven't seen you since the new year. Uh-huh. I want to apologize. Wait. Wait a second. You're the one? Yeah. So we didn't lose them. We still have them then. No, no, no. No, no, I popped the trunk. Oh. And so you allowed them to be stolen. I didn't know they were going to be stolen. It was just one of my joke abouts. <sighs> the classic Jake joke about. Yeah, you know, they're like, oh, here's Jake the trunk popper. <laughs> I guess I can't be mad at that. It's a pretty yeah, good joke about. better than being a pill popper, I, I guess. guess so. Yeah. But because of Jake's uh, just negligence, uh, Rui Batello got an actual Peacock Award. Uh, he got it for New Year's, and he was super thrilled to get that. I'm going to throw that picture up on threewaytheater.com and also on Facebook and Twitter because that man was never happier. And <laughs> it, it's very proudly up on his mantle. Yeah. I yes. was the best man at his wedding. He wasn't as happy that day <laughs> as he was the day he got a Peacock Award for being best guest host here on Three Way Theater. Fantastic. All right, and um, here we are starting a new slate. It's a new year. It's a new year. New movies. New to take movies. A look at. We got a really great calendar this year of movies. There's a lot of things I'm excited for. We talked a little bit about it at the Peacock Awards, but we're gonna we're gonna dive right in because one of the movies that has been requested since day one here on Three Way Theater has been Paradise Alley. Um, Paradise Alley is a movie I've always heard of. I've never seen. That's that's what I was going to ask. I wanted to kind of start things off by asking, uh, base uh, overall impressions before we even we we sat down today. So Jake, you've heard about it. You've you know I've like I can tell you that I've only heard about this like on like websites or in books that list wrestlers in movies. And I always remember seeing Terry Funk, Paradise Alley. And I never thought it was a wrestling movie per se. It just sounds like a movie Terry Funk was in. Right. So, um, yeah, I had, I had no idea about well, this movie. Really. I mean, especially since Terry Funk had become such a well-known uh, kind of character, like bully character in movies. So, yeah. like, he was known for that. But this was his first movie he was ever in. Yeah, it's fantastic. And he basically just plays Terry Funk. Yeah. Right. With a wacky haircut. <laughs> Mikey, uh, 
did you have any impressions or knowledge of this movie before never we heard of this it? movie? Oh. Didn't know anything about it. You never even heard of it? No. All right. No. Didn't know it was a thing, so. Um, for me, the only thing I ever heard was that it was, you know, it was Stallone's uh, wrestling version of Rocky, which couldn't be farther from the truth. So I felt like they were definitely off in that estimation. So this movie came out after Rocky, correct? Yes. Um, the movie came out in 19, uh, was it 78? Yes, 1978. Um, Rocky came out in 1976. But as you, uh, re- you know, uncovered while you were doing some research as well as myself, Lumberjake, uh, Stallone had been writing this movie years before Rocky even came out. Yeah, he couldn't get this movie made because he was just Sylvester Stallone, didn't have much name value yeah. until he came out with Rocky. Right. Which the. Uh, and it's funny, the executives of for Rocky didn't want Sylvester Stallone to play Rocky. They wanted a young man named Mickey Rourke to play Rocky. Interesting. And Sylvester Stallone said, I would rather bury the script in my backyard and let it rot than give it to anyone but myself. And then he said, if you've ever seen a one-trick pony, then you've <laughs> seen, seen me. me. Um for those of our listeners who maybe want to check out this movie, how can yes. they do so? So uh, the easiest way would be to just get it right off of YouTube. It's two ninety nine to rent. Um, it's you know SD format, but is that really? It's really all you need. Yeah. You can you can purchase it. You can rent it in high definition. But the cheapest way to get this movie is two ninety nine on YouTube. Uh, I would suggest checking it out. Um, we're gonna dive into this thing. Um, but Jake, that quote about Mickey Rourke was great. I do have a couple other fun facts. Uh, maybe not that much, not fun, but <laughs> some facts. I have some. I have a couple of little things. Too. Um, one of the tidbits that I, you know, thinking about the creation of this movie, um, Sylvester Stallone had told People Magazine that the original idea for the script was to make all of the main characters African American. So the entire cast was going to be African American. He couldn't get the financing for the film he starred in. Uh, he had to change them over to an Italian-American because there wasn't, like... They just refused. They said, we're not going to make this movie a with a black cast. Um, I would have made the whole thing with Big Glory so much more poignant. Yes. Um, like, it would have... It would have. Uh, I felt more attachment to the two characters. Um, you mentioned Mickey Rourke playing the title character of Cosmo. Um, Sylvester Stallone had really wanted Al Pacino to play the role of Lenny, who was uh, played by Armand Asante in the movie. I can get down with that. And this was Armand Asante's first movie? Correct. Um, if <laughs> I feel like if Pacino had played the role, it definitely would have been a different movie, and it might have definitely. helped the uh, kind of third-act twist with the character changes maybe would have uh, stuck a little bit better if Pacino was playing the role. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely one of those what-if scenarios. Um, the other thing that I had uh, kind of taken note of is that Stallone later said about the movie, it should not have been made at that time, and it probably not with me acting in it. So whereas he says beforehand, if Mickey Rourke or if anybody else was playing this role, he'd rather have this buried. Yeah. Right. After the movie, he's saying, he's saying no, I no, probably... He said that about Rocky. He wanted Mickey Rourke to play Rocky. Oh, oh. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Paradise Alley, the movie we're reviewing. Oh no, no. Who would talk? So you about just that? have Rocky facts there? No, no. It was just <laughs> I just it was just a little Rocky side. Oh, story. all right. Well, yeah. So, but Paradise Alley, you know, he, you know, it was a critical flop. It was not a huge success, and despite the clout from Rocky, 
you know, this became a huge black mark on his kind of record. This was his first, you know, director shot, his first time in the chair. Sylvester Stallone would not direct another movie that wasn't a sequel until The Expendables. Right. All the other movies he directed after Paradise Alley was a sequel. Now, are you guys Rocky fans? Have you? Do you guys Love like Rocky. Sure. the Rocky movie? You don't seem that confident, I Mikey. Mean, no, you know. I'm a big Rocky fan. All right, so you've seen all the Rockies? Every Rocky movie, including Adrian's Revenge, <laughs> Rocky Seven. <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't seen Creed. Creed is honestly one of the top three for me in the Rocky franchise. I'll tell you what's a great movie. Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa is that's that's oh, up really there good. too. I saw that on Christmas actually, night. Actually, my top three would be Rocky, Rocky Balboa, and Creed. Those are like, it, they are a perfect trilogy. I would say Rocky, um, Rocky Balboa, and then Rocky 4. Well, Rocky 4 is, I think it's a, that's a great like popcorn movie it's like a great like you know the montages fucking usa man (laughs) (laughs) he fucking ended the cold war single-handedly single-handedly but uh you know rocky he directed like rocky balboa was a movie he directed and that was a great movie yeah um i think he is a very good director and i think he has a lot of ideas i don't necessarily know if that translated well into paradise alley his Uh, first crack at the top rob zombie is a huge fan of paradise alley really he's a big paradise alley fan well when is he gonna remake it (laughs) well i don't know because here's our guest right now rob zombie hey Dig through the ditches and burn through the witches and slurm in the back of my Dragula. Living dead girl. Oh, thank you, Rob. Um, <laughs> in an interview with Robert uh, Roger Ebert, uh, Sylvester Stallone said he was forced by Universal Pictures to cut the movie down. He said there was a lot of scenes that were cut that gave atmosphere and character. They removed 40 scenes. Jesus. Right. So this movie was an hour and 47 minutes. Uh, the original cut would have been about two and a half hours. He said he put 10 scenes of them in back in for the TV movie. And also, I believe it was either the British or Australian uh, version of this that cut out uh, like 30 seconds of the monkey being tied up with tape over his mouth, which We're was gonna get cut there. due to animal cruelty. Uh, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, so let's... You know, those are just kind of some of the big things that come up when you're looking about, you know, looking at this movie. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> I mean, first and foremost, this movie is a period piece, which is something I had no idea of. Uh, when I first, you know, was getting ready to review and watch this movie and looking at it, I'm like, oh, shit, this is not a movie from 1978. It's a movie based in 1946 in Hell's Kitchen, New York City. Yes, the original title for this movie was Hell's Kitchen. All right. Get down with that. Um, what did you guys think about the period piece, like being placed in the forties? I didn't necessarily. I wasn't pulled into that time frame. Well, because they didn't, they definitely didn't have the budget. Uh, they had a, like probably like two or three blocks on the lot to like remake it into a forties setting. Um, as you had mentioned, uh, all the money in the movie is seventies currency. Yes, definitely. Um, like, there's just certain things that take you out of it, and I feel like the script dialogue is trying real hard to be like '40s style banter. And yeah. uh, I mean, I wrote a couple of them down. I know, Mike, you enjoyed some of the <laughs> the different phrases, the turn of a phrase that they use. They felt slightly shoehorned. Well, they. I mean, yeah, no, they were definitely. very shoehorned. Um, let Let's dive in. Um, 
we kind of open this movie with a roof race. A roof race. What the fuck is a roof race? Ten roofs, <laughs> no stopping. That Ten rules. roof. Rusted. I loved Ten Roof at the 94 Royal Rumble. Him and the Great Kabuki <laughs> came out, attacked Lex Luger. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> I was too. No, you weren't. You were four years old. Yeah, so I was actually three. I had not yet turned four. All right. Um, <laughs> the, the fucking roof race. I'm sorry. Can we, like, we need to get confirmation that this was a thing that happened. I and mean, what else are you going to do in the fucking 40s? Kick a can. <laughs> That's what you do. That's what you do to pass the time. Uh, <laughs> um, and we never see this guy again in the movie, but the guy he's racing against, the guy that Cosmo is racing against, nearly dies. Yeah, it's like a big joke. But, like, he's hanging on to the thinnest of clothes <laughs> yeah. hang. And, like, he's not out of the blue of danger. No. he Yeah, he... I mean, we don't know how far up he still is because the way the camera shoots it... Yeah. Like, you're looking up at him. And uh, for all we know, they left him there to die. Yeah, they all chuckled and walked away. They all chuckled and said, we got to get that hammer to nail in that five bucks he won. <laughs> yeah, they, they nailed his money to the door. With like twenty hammers, twenty, uh, 20 nails. nails, so his money he was all ripped when he got it. It wasn't all uh, ripped. He didn't take yeah. the nails out, so he, he personally ripped it. How is he going to take the nails he out? He gets that. Uh, he steals a hammer because he doesn't own anything. He steals everything. True. And it takes the nails out, and then gets his one crisp five dollar bill. Well, we're definitely shown during the credit scene here that Sylvester Stallone, Cosmo. We'll do anything for a buck. Including singing a fucking horrible song. Oh, three-way theater listeners, get ready for the end of this episode because you're going to get it in its full entirety. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting the titular song. You're getting the Sylvester Stallone song song. <laughs> well, Lumberjake, I mean, since we're talking about the song, what do you got for us? Well, first, Mikey, I think Lumberjake's got a song for us. Yeah, it's time for Lumberjake's titular song. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're going ba ba da ba 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 da ba da ba da ba da ba da ba da ba ba da ba da ba ba da ba da ba 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 by Tom Waits, who made his acting debut in this as Mumbles. Blink and you'll miss him. Yeah, he's there for a half a second. But he was still in there. He looks great. Yes. I can't recall the song being in the movie. I don't think it was. But... This is truly a titular song. <clears throat> when the hawk's in the kitchen and the sirens in bloom and the losers have been swept from the gin mills. Hello, sucker. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. 34th Street, good tidings to you. And will you meet me in Paradise Alley tonight? We'll leave town in a bottle of whiskey. And come on, you old scarecrow, be a wheel, not a lamppost. Just put a saddle on a wishbone. And you're halfway there. That's like every Tom Waits song. He's like a yeah. more nonsensical Bob Dylan. Okay. I see that. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, uh, the songs are definitely something you need to hear, and you will hear. Yeah. You get Tom Waits, <laughs> Frank Stallone, Sylvester Stallone. And uh, uh, for the regular just uh, uh, music within the movie is by Bill Conti, who did the Rocky song. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. That's been Lumberjake's titular song of the episode. Yeah. (laughs) Write that music. Write that down. Oh, my Lord. 
Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> um, so uh, let's start off this movie. We get through the roof race, but that's just the opening credits. The incredibly long opening credits. To the song Too Close to Paradise. Well, this is a movie that's an hour and 47 minutes long, but you've got like pretty much like a 13-minute main event wrestling match that's done just the match in silence. And then you've got at least in seven-minute opening song. Uh, full credits. Yes. Uh, this is a movie that is taking its time. Uh, it's taking its time, but then instead of, sh- you know, really kind of showing us what's happening in the movie, they just decide to, like, stuff it all into a montage. Yeah. And you have giant character turns all within that montage because this well, is. Cut a- out 40 scenes. <laughs> this is a story of uh, three brothers and. Uh, and a we- podcast. <laughs> Uh, we have Cosmo, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. We have a uh, sweet, innocent Victor, Victor uh, pl- played by uh, Lee Canalito, and then we have Lenny. Uh, the Armand, I guess I guess he's the middle brother, right? Or would he? No, he must be the older brother. He's the older. He's oldest the oldest brother. of the brothers. Yeah. Uh, played by Armand Asante. Although I still think Stallone is older than him in real life. That's probably true. Um, they we see this dynamic start off right away where Cosmo is kind of a rude motherfucker and he's a shyster, he's a dick. He immediately tries to assault a woman on the on the road. Uh well no, first we see him uh panhandling uh dressed up as a cripple. Yeah. As a crippled uh World War II veteran with his legs tucked underneath him begging for change. Right. And he has his brother Victor come and pick him up and move him into the truck. I can tell you one of the deleted scenes from this movie was later on Sylvester Stallone running into an actual crippled veteran from World War II and having a change of heart and like seeing the error of his ways. I would have liked to have seen that scene. I mean, it would have definitely helped, uh, again, the, the story in yeah, telling they, us. Th- with 40 scenes, I feel like they may have been able to tell the stories that we wanted to see. Like We would have been more inclined to feel Sylvester Stallone's turnaround. Well, here's you the know? thing. You can take scenes out of what they have and this is an hour and 47 minutes. Like, this is a movie that, like, we can trim some fat and we can add some scenes back in that can help tell us and show us. Like, it's just, yeah. it, it, it's frustrating to see. I think the success of Rocky definitely empowered Stallone and made him think, oh, I can just do whatever I want. But like, what's a Rhode Island accent? No, it's no, it's a Stallone. It's a it's a New York Italian American. No, accent. I can do a good Stallone. Okay, you do yours. Nothing's over. I just need a drink. Oh, brisk, oh, baby. I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> 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 no, that's brisk, baby. <laughs> um, but you you really so you really get the dynamic after he panhandles as a fake cripple. We see him trying to assault the beautiful Ann Archer. Um, and I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, man, I wish they assaulted a woman. Don't worry. Just wait. <laughs> uh, my favorite line from this entire exchange is, Oh, get away from me, Cosmo. You're wilting my permanent. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, some of, again, the turn of phrase that they use in this movie. They're like, this is what 40s is, right? Yeah, witty, banter. Mm. One of the main uh, settings for this movie seems to be a mortuary. Well, that's where Lenny works. That's where Lenny works. Lenny's the embalmer. And... Everyone smokes inside of there, including the skeleton yes. that has yes. a cigarette in its fucking it's mouth. It's the 40s. Right. Everyone was smoking. And they were also smoking in the 70s, so this is like... Yeah, that's true. They just, you know, they don't do it now. We should bring it back, guys. Let's just all start smoking let's in places. Let's bring it back. Yeah, let's yeah? all start smoking in Mikey's car by ourselves. Listen, 
I got two rules in this house. One, no smoking. Rule two, two smoke them if you got, got them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we get to see this dynamic. Cosmo's a jerk. He's selfish. He's clearly using He's his big brother, or little brother. On selfish. He is the worst character. He's definitely using Victor, who's kind of like the simple-minded, big, like, brute. Brute, yeah. Yeah, like, he's... Doesn't know his own strength kind of guy. His love interest is a Japanese woman. Suki? I mean, Susan. Susan. (laughs) Sue. Uh, Who's teaching him words in the dictionary. Yeah, she's trying to make him a better man. Yeah, he's dumb, but he's trying to learn. Yeah. Right. Which is cool. He, like... Is she'll like test him with words out of the dictionary. They'll be like, "Oh, like this is this," and he'll go, "Oh, that's a noun," you know. He's well, where are you learning that from? <laughs> um, I I'm a big fan of Victor. Victor's amazing. Victor's great, and Victor Fulak. <laughs> when we are introduced to Lenny in in the mortuary, and they're working on, and you know, Lenny's very sweet to Victor too. Like they yeah. have a nice relationship, and Victor implicitly he trusts him. He protects Lenny. Protects Victor at the beginning. Well, they, like Victor and Lenny's relationship reminds me a lot of me and Rui Batello, where Rui, like snap of a finger, would could kill somebody, but like if I were like. Rui, don't do that. He'd be like, no, I can't do that. Yeah, Jason and Rui, Rui would always ask him to do the Groucho Marx. Yeah, no, I'd be like, <laughs> Charlie, the Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin. <laughs> the Groucho Marx. Why, I mean, J.C. Marx. J.C. Marx, do the Groucho Marx. <laughs> takes off his glasses, puts on other glasses with a big nose and mustache. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you just said the secret void. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Uh, yeah, it's a really that's a, that's a sweet exchange. Very similar you know, to me and Mikey too. Only Mikey's like, "Calm down, lumberjack." I'm like, "I'll fucking kill you too." <laughs> uh, yeah, the Victor and Lenny, the Charlie Chaplin exchange was really sweet. Like they just have a good relationship. And get he, ready for some fucking heartbreak later on, though. Jesus. Well, you know, if we saw some of those forty fucking scenes, it might have helped sell it better. Um, but so we meet a guy named Sticky, who's a who's a pimp. Sticky owns the ballroom. It's Sticks Ballroom. And Sticks Verona Senior. Sticks, Sticks Verona Senior. Back from Naked Man's great grandfather. Yes. Um, we see. We don't really. Again, that's a character that honestly could have been cut completely from the movie. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't no, understand why they were there. I mean, they were just there to establish that they like to go dancing, and um, Cosmo is trying to get with Ann Archer, and Lenny would like to go dancing, but he's got a, a gimp leg. Because he's from a, the war. From the war, he's, he's got a, purple heart. Purple heart. You know, but I don't know, he decided I don't, he decided to go be a, a hero, a hero, an honorable Billy. Don't be a hero. <laughs> um, I but the ballroom scene is only there to show that like I, Lenny I wants to do something but can't. But I can't understand. Like they spent like five minutes on this oh. fucking like him trying to like pick up girls for some other creep that's standing there. No, I, I agree. The the character could be cut, and we'd be we would never miss it. No, no. I I wish he was cut. But then we we then after this weird scene of him trying to pimp off the widows of World War Two, we are cut to uh, Malone's, the bar right across the street from the ballroom. Convenient. And we meet uh, Stitch, Stitch Malone. Why St- have a character named Sticks when you're gonna have someone named Stitch? <laughs> God damn it! It doesn't make sense. Listen, names were short in the forties. <laughs> it really was. They didn't have much to choose from. Yeah, they chose Cosmo. <laughs> 
Um, we the Stitch b- owns the bar. Stitch owns the bar. He has a monkey from a recently well, deceased person. So we meet. Well, first we're meeting Stitch Senior, who's the bartender, and then okay. his son Stitch Junior, who owns the bar. Who now, owns the bar? Which one's the handler, Stick or Stitch? No, Sticks is the ballroom. Stitch is the the man- the, the manager, the yeah, handler, okay. the the I guess the gangster for Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Because he runs the town. He's got his thugs, including Frankie the Thumper, the big bad. Who is uh well no no I know the big goddammit the heavy <laughs> yes the big bad is Stitch <laughs> the heavy is played by none other than Terry Funk Terry, Terry Funk, Funk with a fucking the Funker he has the weirdest he doesn't have a bowl cut he has a plate cut so my theory that I have for this is that Frankie the Thumper is a Nazi. Okay, he's one of those guys that got out of the country, snuck over, came to the United States, and is probably starting a new life. But he has, you know, later in the movie, spoiler alert, when he gets a brand new robe, he's got kill all over his robe. Yeah, he's got a very Nazi-like haircut. Haircut, Yeah, he's been through some wars. You think he's like a he was like a concentration camp like soldier guard? Yeah. He's a grunt. He's a grunt. He's a guard. He's a Nazi guard. When shit started going south and the war was going to be over, he hightailed it into Sweden, and he got his papers to get over here to the and United his monkey, States. And he got over. Here. It wasn't his monkey. It wasn't his monkey. It but was some guy that died at the beginning's monkey. Yeah, but and I it went you know, to him for some reason. But he's trying to stay under the radar. He's just fighting in underground fights. Sylvester Stallone desperately wants that monkey. And then he just doesn't. Well, I mean, yeah. No, we need to fucking talk about I w- I'm this. I'm finishing up my conspiracy <laughs> theory about a fucking Nazi <laughs> conspirator living in Hell's Kitchen, New York. Well, in I cannot see that monkey out of my fucking head all tied up. Listen, when I saw the trailer for Paradise Alley and I saw that there was another goddamn monkey, I, I immediately went to both of you and been <laughs> like, we got another fucking monkey we're dealing with in three-way theater. And I thought it was going to be like our previous monkey, like a happy-go-lucky like side character. And our previous, no, no. It's cruel, it's cruel no. and tragic. Our previous monkey, of course, was Mr. Hunk yes. from Russell Madness. Um, and we were bananas for him. <laughs> and uh, as cheeky and fun as Mr. Hunk was, this was sad and depressing because yeah. this monkey was sold into slavery after an arm wrestling competition. You could legitimately see this monkey was not taken care of. It, not healthy at all. And no. that and we're not just talking about for the movie. We're talking about in real life. Yeah. That monkey looks malnourished. Yeah. Uh, and it was really tied up. Yeah, very much so. So Sylvester Stallone, Cosmo, really thinks he can make a fortune off this fucking monkey. Uh, yeah. Uses his brother to win the arm wrestling contest. Right, so let's... Get- Let's just talk real quick about this arm wrestling competition. If we want to talk about something that could be cut, it could be the long, drawn-out arm wrestling yeah, match. As I wrote down, the world's longest arm wrestling match. And, and they stayed in one position for a very long they time. They stayed in one position, but when it cut back to them, they were all glistening and sweaty. in yeah. sweat. Uh, but they had time to insert each reaction shot from everybody yep. in the crowd Including the monkey, <laughs> They're like it cuts to the monkey eating fucking peanuts. Like what? This five minutes at least of this arm wrestling match. Uh, it cuts back. Uh, you know, Victor's about to lose until Lenny just walks up right next to him and says, "You can win, Victor. You can do it. Believe in yourself." Okay, I'll do it. And he just wins. Yep. Why didn't you just do that from the beginning? Because he was born on the twenty second. God damn it, Victor. <laughs> You simple-minded, beautiful <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so uh, they win this monkey, and then when it cuts to the next morning at their house, we find out that this monkey is tied up, covered in a sheet. With tape over its fucking mouth. 
it never. I mean, that that monkey was not fed. I did. No, what do you fucking feed a monkey? They can't feed themselves. <laughs> I did some research. Okay. And it led me down a fucking rabbit hole of animal cruelty monkey in movies. fucking movies. Yeah. Including, um, actually, what led me onto it was a list. Uh, it said that Rocky kickstarted a boom of wrestling slash boxing movies in cinema at the time, and it listed a bunch, including like the Ch- uh, Alias, the Champ, and um, uh, Every Which Way But Loose. Apparently, in the movie Every Which Way But Loose, Clint Eastwood had a pet orangutan in there. Um, they trained the orangutan. With mace and a steel pipe wrapped in newspaper, which is what they used to train animals back then. And in the second movie, every the sequel to Every Which Way Baloose, the orangutan that they had on set was beaten to death with a fucking stick because it stole donuts from the table, like the food table. From catering. People were fucking assholes in the 70s uh fucking well, i mean let's not just talk about the 70s i mean milo and otis milo and otis milo that was 70s, right? fucking otis was did we talk 80s? about that no it was 90s no. i think that was i think that was early 90s milo yeah, and otis i don't think so i'm yeah. gonna tell you right now but so i mean you got i watched milo and otis in the theaters i, did I, you, I love that fucking milo did we otis. talk about that during russell madness did we bring that up i can't remember but we may have but it's it's worth revisiting yeah they went through many i mean if you want to talk about abuse and that they went there wasn't like, only one fucking milo and otis they went through like 20 cats fuck they had fucking this isn't cute fun stuff like cats and dogs no this is murder like legitimately though like instead of like having cats and dogs a fake great, though cat fall off a fucking waterfall in a little bucket. They threw it. They used the real fucking cat. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't want to go into this. This is going to bum out well, the you Well, I mean, what, did you find anything else it, um, about it's lo- the monkey? Oh, like, what, the monkey? The monkey? Oh, listen. I mean, here's the thing. I think it's very important Other than Other than this, like that whole sequence being cut from international because films of the because abuse. of the yes but after the scene where we see that cosmo is trying to train to have him be a dancing monkey and they're on the street and they're trying to uh you know oh do this and that blah blah yeah. blah like we never see that never monkey see again. the monkey again so he that tied him up that monkey the sheep back over him like that monkey's the monkey's dead like the monkey ended up just like fucking, and the monkey might be dead in real life after that like he jumped in the fucking river whoa that is too far. <laughs> wow. Uh, um, you were going oddly spin. racial with that? <laughs> well, I will. I, I'll have to give it to Jake. It was in the 90s. Uh, Milo and Otis came out 88? in 1986. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, yeah, I, I mean, but I guess. It, and even so, wasn't it a. It was a Japanese, a Japanese movie. movie that they just yeah. they they, they used scenes yeah. for. What yeah. was the movie that just came out like last year? A that dog, got a huge a dog's life. Yeah, yeah. A dog's life. Dog's yeah, a dog's life. purpose. Yeah, uh, with uh, Randy Quaid or Randy. Yeah. yeah, and like that got a huge a bunch of negative press after videos were like leaked online of like a dog being forcibly like tossed into a world. They canceled the premiere of the movie because it got such bad press. The same thing happened for uh, Cats versus Dogs, too. The Revenge of Kitty Galore? Yeah, they canceled that due to bad press. I heard they had to cancel the premiere because the dogs were jerking off in front of women. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was Aziz Ends' doggy. 
Fantastic. I just get a little topical, you know. A little topical. Uh, In a couple <laughs> months, nobody's going to know what we're talking about. <laughs> right. Um, all right, let's move away. Instead of talking about animal cru- cruelty, let's talk about the cruelty of women in this movie. Because There's wh- plenty of that, too. While the dancing monkey is happening with Cosmo, we meet Willie? Butch. Or Sammy? No. <laughs> uh, we meet Butch. The blonde bombshell. Her name's Butch? Yes. Her name's Punch. Yeah. Punch. Is it Punch? Punch. Yes. That was Butch. No. Punch. What's Are you her sure? name? No, I think her last name is Butch. No. I think her name is Punch Butch. Punch Butch. <laughs> yeah, her name is PB. <laughs> Punch Butch. Her She's name's Punch. Punch Butch. Punch Butch. Her name, her name is... Her name at the very least is Punch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. Sure, we'll see. Yeah, but all right. So, <laughs> well, let's talk about this whore because no, <laughs> I'm not. No, she's a whore. That's she, Sylvester listen. Stallone's thing. No, she's no. in love with Sylvester Stallone. She's in love with Sylvester Stallone, but, but she she's is a, a whore. She is her perfection. She's a prostitute. Yes, she's a lady of the night. Yes, to the point where he gets her something to check the miles on Jesus her bed. Christ. He also just uh, dismisses her as a bed warmer. He said she's just a bed warmer. Like, I could never love you. You're a bed warmer. All right. I just want to point out her name. Her name in the credits is Bunchy. Bunch. So it's a bunch. So we were both. We we're all wrong. <laughs> bunch. That's even worse than so bunch. <laughs> Bunches over here. So it's not Butch. It's just peaches. It's not Butch. It's not Punch. It's Bunch. Bunch. It's like nice that we were both right. (laughs) Both wrong. Both wrong. No, we had a like a combination. If we combined it together, we were right on the money. Bunchy. Bunchy. (laughs) So played by Joyce Ingalls. Bunchy. Named Uh, after what her underwear do. (laughs) So she is a lady of the night who has been in a three-year relationship with Cosmo. Um, conveniently, Cosmo has been shooting after this one girl. Shooting blanks. <laughs> He's been going after this one girl. And Archer. Keeps, uh, and Archer turning down his advances. Until we learn... Holy shit. And Archer is his brother's ex. What a fucking piece of, of shit, shit. Like, Sylvester Stallone is. I had already mentioned to you guys when we were watching this that I was having some negative feelings on Cosmo. Once it was revealed that he was basically trying to go after his brother's ex. Oh, so that's what it took? It wasn't when he stole the ring off the drunk lady at the bar or when he stole the clothing off the dead body that his brother was working well, on? Yeah. You could play the, the stealing the clothes off the dead when body. When he ties the goddamn monkey up Okay, no, you're right. The, that's you're just right. generally the, horrible. Yeah. All right, so Sylvester Stallone as a person is bad for that. Yeah, I mean... Cosmo aside. Cosmo... Like again, that's when I think when people are like, oh, this is the this is his wrestling version of Rocky. But here's what I didn't realize until we, the end of the movie. And we, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but um, Sylvester Stallone's not playing Rocky in this movie. Victor is. Yes, and he's I didn't playing uh, Burgess Meredith. Yeah, well, no, not even playing. He's more like playing Polly. Cosmo's more like oh, playing. He Pauly. is Polly. Um, and then fucking um, uh, the other one, uh, Lenny is Burgess Meredith. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people went to this movie after be, having the being on the high of the success of the Rocky yes. movies. Like, oh, this is going to be great. Well, that's funny you say that because Rob Zombie saw his next movie, which was Nighthawks, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he saw that and he was like, it was good, but I wanted to see Rocky. And then when I saw Paradise Alley, that's what I wanted. That's what I was looking for. But the thing is, is that 
even me going into this watching it right now, I expected to see Sylvester Stallone being Rocky. Not expecting that Victor was the one that's really kind of the Rocky character. This and was almost Rocky Five. It is, yeah. I mean, especially with Paradise Alley being kind of this underground fight club. Yeah. Um, I did do a little uh, look-see, too, into uh, Lee Canalito. He was a uh, former boxer. Okay. okay. So he wasn't a wrestler. He, he was a boxer. Um, he had cauliflower ears, uh, and that's what kind of got me on the right. And of the that. same thing for Big Glory. Big that's Glory, who was a uh, ex football player. Okay. So n- not really anything with wrestling, but they were both doing athletic stuff, and um, you know, definitely you mentioned the cauliflower air. Uh, ears on on big glory there that you saw. Yep. Yeah. Um, and some of the moves that you know again spoiler alert into the big finale with uh, Victor and Terry Funk. There's some really athletic stuff that he was pulling out. Kid Salami versus uh, Frankie the Thumper. Kid Salami. So yeah, let's let's kind of talk a little bit about the title of the movie, Paradise Alley. Uh, we don't get introduced to the concept of wrestling in this movie until 38 minutes into the film. Yeah, we're pretty deep. Yeah, it's fairly. Uh, it's one of the longer like I, weights we had. I mean, I kept on Other looking at the, the timer to be like, okay, so they haven't even mentioned wrestling. Besides the arm wrestling match in the beginning where they kind of subtly mentioned that Frank, uh, Frankie the Thumper was a wrestler. If I didn't know, I would have went into this thinking this was going into the underground uh, roof racing racket. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be the above ground roof racing racket? You just blew my mind. <laughs> um, so... Uh, there's no connective tissue to these scenes, so it's just it's like segments of a film, like one thing starts and another. Because they're all missing their connective tissue. So there's forty fucking cut scenes. That's like a scene for every scene, like three scenes. Well, that's why I feel like you probably could have eliminated Bunchy the whore by like just like that subplot did was not needed. No, you could have eliminated her completely from the movie. I didn't give a shit if fucking Sylvester Stallone found love in this movie. He's a dickhead. Exactly. He treated her the fucking worst, and she was sticking by him even when he was like, "No, you're just a whore. I don't give a shit about you. You're a bed warmer. I'm going for my brother's ex." And she's like, <laughs> "You can go for her. But I don't think she's going for you. Like, you guys aren't right for each other. And I'm, you're right for me." Yeah, like, Jesus, fucking, she's fucking, trying so here, hard. Yeah. Here's what I want to know: the antagonistic relationship between uh, Cosmo and Lenny. Why would Cosmo bring Lenny to Paradise Alley? Like they don't get along. He immediately knows that Cosmo's game is to get Victor involved. Like he knows he's going to be against it. Why bring Lenny at all into it? Because Lenny's he in needs, trouble. He, he, he needs still needs Lenny there. To help out with things. I think maybe because we never got to see them kind to one another at that point, at any point really in the movie. Like, they're never really, like, brotherly to one another. They're always just against each other and at each other's throats. So it just, I don't know, it just felt weird to me that, like, you're going to the secret Paradise Alley. Here's the secret password. There was no secret password. They just guessed and <laughs> said, hey. Uh, was it Mario? Hey, we were friends of Mario. Who oh, everybody knows a Mario. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, anti-Italian-American stereotypes going on. There was a lot of anti- From the (laughs) Italian-Americans? Yeah. Uh, There was a lot of uh, throwing shade at many stereotypes in this movie. No shit. There was a lot of slurs used. Um, I'm not going to say the Asian slur, but WAP was used. Yep. Italians, you that's don't where you get draw the shit. Li- that's where you draw the line, Lumberjack? Yeah, fucking Italians don't get to, like, yeah, fucking if you wanted to say Mick, uh, nothing I could say hey, about hey, it. Hey, 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 now. You can make fun of any white minority you want, as long as you don't get too specific. <laughs> How cool was Paradise Alley? 
Like, it sells, cool like, the, the bar, yeah. It was full of shit. It had a fucking next bum sign. <laughs> Another bum. Another bum. <laughs> like, when the match, so they, what, we, they go down these stairs into Paradise Alley, this brightly lit, cool bar. There's a casino going on in there. The ring right there in the middle. Uh, the big man in the ring, Big Glory, tosses out some bum that he just beat in some under two in, like, minutes. A business cost. And a immediately, business. a giant, like, light-up sign falls down <laughs> saying, Another bum. That we later see that... Uh, it was actually Sammy the Dancing Towel Boy hand-cranking it down and up each time. <laughs> oh, yes, Sammy. Are we going to get into Sammy the Dancing Towel I mean, yeah, yeah, we have to. The uh, Is it offensive? Is it racist? Yes, He yes. appears to be almost like a minstrel-esque. What I, what I was... He is get out there and sweep flat. the floor, Sammy, and yeah. do a little dance while you're at it. Dude, a little dance dances, that he... He dances his fucking ass off, he though. Sure He's a great did. dancer. And he danced his ass off for at least a good 45 minutes. Well, everyone's having a conversation. Everybody's having a conversation... Cosmo, after letting Lenny in on his scheme, runs and leaves and gets Victor. So it takes, let's say, okay, conservatively, (laughs) a half hour. All right. So a half hour of dancing. Because, you know, Victor and Cosmo come back because, uh, you know, Cosmo tricks him. Cosmo says to Lenny, uh, says to Victor, Lenny's in trouble. You got to help Lenny. And he was learning. So he left his learning. With With Susan. With Susan. And my they... wife, Susan Forrest. <laughs> it is kind of like my that. My Asian wife. You know, Armand Asante could have been a, uh, like a Gary Sinise. I've often said he was the Gary Sinise of Paradise <laughs> Alley. Um, they get back to Paradise Alley. Victor finds out that Lenny's fine. <laughs> and like, Lenny's like, no, I'm good. Yeah, there's n- absolutely nothing wrong with hey, Lenny. Hey, why don't you just go home, Victor? Victor turns around to go to leave. I love Victor. <laughs> and, you know, uh, basically Cosmo convinces him to get in the ring it's a hundred dollars if he can win. He just has to last the time against Big Glory, and he's in. He was getting the shit kicked out of him. He took a forearm, very stiff, and yeah. then he fell out of the ring. And they were like, "What do you want to do?" He's like, eh, "If I get aggravated, I might be able to win." He's very much like me. It's like, listen, if my if I'm not mad, it's not going to happen. But if I'm pissed, it's <laughs> fucking on. Uh, this is also the genesis of the gimmick. Kid Salami. Kid Salami. Who are you, Kid Garlic? <laughs> um, that was a great little bit. Also, sitting in the crowd is uh, Sticks there. Oh, no. Yeah. Stitch. Damn it. Stitch. Now I'm messing it up. Uh, but uh, one of my favorite running gags in this movie is uh, leave the mothers out of this. Yeah, they said that during the arm wrestling scene when they started talking shit about moms. And they did it again during this scene. Yeah. And then, no, it was just that one guy that tried saying something about their moms. And then Stitch just hits his fucking, like, his 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 accomplice and goes, hey, leave the mothers out of this. It's a great little bit. I it's like so that. funny. I love... Stitch's relationship with Frankie the Thumper and stuff like they're legitimate friends. Well, like when they're not being evil mobsters. One of the things, and it really was this uh, upcoming fucking long ass montage where like montage, we... ooh French JC, Um, you know, but it really kind of shades the characters in different ways and I think Stitch was one of those characters like he's so nice to his little group of thugs to his guys yeah yeah like I think it's kind of sweet um I like that too um you know basically 
Victor trusts Lenny. So Victor is basically allowing, after surviving Big Glory, winning the 100 bucks, Victor knows that this is his way out of Hell's Kitchen and to get that houseboat he with Susan. He wants a houseboat so bad. Dude, houseboat in 1946 was the American dream. Baby, what a dream. <laughs> you don't have to pay rent. Yeah, you're just living on, a, on the just fucking water. On the fucking water, man. Yeah, it's like, hey, you can't dock here. Okay, I'll just go over here. Just float out 10 feet. As Victor's, like, relaying his dream to Cosmo, and it's, like, really sweet, um, Cosmo once again endears himself to everybody by uh, saying that Susan's relatives uh, bombed Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Holy shit. And, Fuck, <laughs> like, uh, Cosmo's a piece of fucking shit, but he wants to use Victor, but Victor wants to try to kind of use him. So he's allowing Cosmo to train him. And allowing Lenny to become his handler. But Lenny doesn't really want in on it. He thinks that uh, Victor's going to get killed. But something inside him, after this whole exchange, it empowers him and emboldens him to go to the ballroom to try to win back. Well, I guess we, this is where we find out that they were together and they haven't spoken in three years. And Archer and, and Lenny have not spoken in three years. Yeah, Lenny hurt his leg and was embarrassed by it apparently and yeah, uh, didn't want to talk kinda, he didn't yeah. hurt his leg he hurt it in the fucking war yeah his yeah, leg was fucking hard. he just fucking stub his toe yeah <laughs> what the fuck I, I figured an ice block fell on it that uh, Victor <laughs> was bringing we found we found all this out when uh, Sylvester Stallone starts brutally shit talking his brother saying holy fuck you were you had a head on your shoulders and you were smart but you had to go and be a hero and get hurt now what do you got a purple heart and nothing to show for it mm. It's like, God damn. Like, what do you got? A foot locker and a purple eye? Nothing. So. Piece of shit. So Lenny fights for the war. What the fuck did did Cosmo do? I don't think either Victor he nor Cosmo. He pretended to be a uh, cripple? Let's say, okay, let's say that these guys are playing, they're playing younger than they actually are. I could say that maybe, you know, when maybe the war Lenny started, was, uh, maybe, they weren't old enough yeah. to join the you know they weren't able to be drafted mm. or maybe Victor then the war was, was over by the time right yeah I think there was something like again I would say that they're trying to play like they're in their early twenties <laughs> Sylvester Sloan's like hey I'm nineteen years old <laughs> give me a purse but you know what I mean they are trying to play that they're definitely like <laughs> Lenny's probably twenty six so like you know yeah no um <laughs> no. yeah I think I think Lenny's the only one that ended up going to war. Paid the, paid the price, man. Paid the price. Although it also sounds like it was, Lenny wasn't drafted. He decided to he go to war. To go. Yeah, he, yeah. Went, so he left for it. Um, he but enlisted. he hasn't spoken to his beautiful ex in three years, and he, something has snapped inside of him to try to go win her back, and he does. He yeah. fucking nails it. He fucking hobbles over there. <laughs> he fucking, he's like, hey. I'm, I'm, I don't I'm care back. If, I don't care if it takes me all night. I'll make it up these stairs. <laughs> and uh, he gets in her pants. Man, he nails it. And Sylvester Stallone. Well, that and that was great because er, there was an earlier scene where Stallone's trying to get Ann Archer. They were dancing, right? And he's, they were dancing. She'll always go for a dance and, you know, he'll walk her home and then he goes in for oh, a kiss. Hey, you need some glasses for your <laughs> eyes. <laughs> you, you seem to every time miss my mouth. Every time I go to kiss you, you miss my mouth. <laughs> a little kiss on the cheek instead. Yeah. The little the, the the friend kiss. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, yeah. He's friend zone. She needs to stop leading him off. I I do agree with that. He's Lumberjake. very sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> He's very much like Tommy Wiseau in the room. Johnny. He's very yeah. sensitive. Yeah. 
Um, don't worry, Sylvester Stallone will let you know he is sensitive w- over and over and over. Well, so Stallone is meeting up with Bunchy. He bangs her out, and then she once again tries to tell him, you know, that she's the one for him. Hold on. We are glossing. Sylvester Stallone climbs up the fire. We're street. not there yet because yes, he, we are. We're there no, now. He's with Bunchy. And she is like trying to once again say, "Be with me, not with her." He's pass. That's exactly. He's like hard pass. (laughs) (laughs) And then he rushes over to Ann Archer's apartment, middle of the night, and climbs up the fire escape like Like a creep. creep. (laughs) Okay, she's not answering the door, so let me just climb the fucking fire. I don't think that time he even waited to answer the door. I feel like he just jumped right up. He's pulled down the thing. Like it's his move. His that's his move. I ain't gonna knock on the door. Like some kind of bum, some bum womp. Yeah. I'm gonna go in here and I'm gonna climb up the fire escape. <laughs> he goes up through a ladder in the window, like Sam Clarissa explains it all. Yeah. <laughs> Every time the ladder goes up, a little well, guitar riff. It wouldn't be a guitar riff, it would be a sax riff. It would have. But, you know, Stallone hops up onto the, the fire rail there and he looks into the window. And closes up on, on her foot on the cane and a big toe. <laughs> yeah, his brother, his brother's cane handle and her foot. Cane and the big toe coming this fall on TNT. <laughs> <laughs> Rich is gonna love that. Show. Oh shit, boy! TNT knows drama. <laughs> you all have that friend. Oh, oh you, you all have that, that friend. That friend loves Franklin and Bash. <laughs> Rizzoli and Isles. You know that friend. Fucking 40 episodes save on DVR. You know the one. Um, um, but so it cuts to the next morning. Cosmo's been waiting the Lenny, entire night. Lenny leaves. Instead of confronting his man brother, <laughs> he <laughs> waits for Lenny to walk away so he can jump up the fire escape. You've killed JC. Climbs. His man Lenny brother. <laughs> Lenny, by the way, uh, it seems a little lighter on his feet. He comes. Yeah. Up, he smells he, the he air. Almost, like he almost dances down the yeah, stairs. He takes three steps, and then his king gets caught. And he does a forward roll and lands <laughs> on his feet like Willy Wonka. And then uh, Lenny's not even had fucking two houses down, and and he's and Cosmo's yeah, fucking Cosmo the almost fucking... hits him in the head with the ladder as he's pulling it down. <laughs> he's that close, and just climbs the fire escape. Fucking bowling ball, fucking knocks like boom, boom, boom. Uh, My favorite scene in the movie right now. <laughs> she opens up the fucking the window. Wait, but no. How did he knock Mikey? Like <laughs> like he was throwing a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> like an underneath, like... Yeah, he was standing, but the window was down low. <laughs> He's like, Steve, right? He's like, I'm not going to crouch down. I'm going to fucking knock like that. And, oh, um, my God. He starts yelling at her about, hey, you've been leading me on. Hey, what was that? Oh, yeah. She's like, oh. what are you talking about? Like, what, what were you doing? And he's like, I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, 28... Nothing's over. Just give me a drink. In 2018, this would be a con. <laughs> Southern cheeks. <laughs> I say, I say. Listen, I say, lumber, 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 Jake. In 2018, this would be a conversation that would be had via text between a uh, friend and his lady friend. And he'd be like, hey, you up? And, and since this is 1946, this might be the earliest example of friend zoning. <laughs> And it was brutal. Yeah. Oh. So, Mr. Stallone, she's like, yeah, what we had, 
friends. <laughs> He's like, what? He's like, my brother dumps you and I'm nice to you and you treat me like this? He like, was mean what? and I'm nice to you. Don't you think I deserve something? You th- I'm a nice guy. What the fuck? Holy shit. That's not how you get girls. And then the old lady downstairs opens up her window. And she goes, why don't you stop yelling at the lady? Why don't you shut your fat mouth? <laughs> and I'm calling like, the police. How about I break your face? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, my God. Listen. <laughs> fucking Cosmo. Hash would. Hashtag. He, would. he was about to come down that fire escape and punch the woman who was credited as fat woman <laughs> in the face. Hashtag time's up, Cosmo. Your time's, <laughs> your time has come. It's over. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine the stories that would come out about <laughs> fucking Cosmo now. Uh, uh, sidebar. Like, we could all agree that Seinfeld definitely came up with the name Cosmo Kramer from this movie, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right, good. I hope so. Because <laughs> that's all. I, every time I say Cosmo, all I can think of is Cosmo Kramer. Kramer. <laughs> like, what kind of name is that? That's not a name. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> so um, the he's pissed off and he's on a roof with his. Bunchy. His side, his punch. <laughs> With punch or bunch or bunchy. <laughs> and he's up there and she's like, you've been up here for hours screaming and yelling. And I believe it. Yes. I would like to think that the guy he raced in the first scene is still hanging by the clothesline. You want to help me here, punch I'm, or bunch I'm, or whatever? I'm not dead yet. She's very badly injured. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Austin Powers, mm. Mikey. Yeah, baby. That was Mustafa. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, so they spent so he, can, again hours yelling on the roof, <laughs> yelling on the rooftop until she finally convinces him. Maybe you should I, just be with me. Well, here's the thing, and I don't this know if this dirty, is a scene that's missed. Venereal diseased whore before penicillin was invented. It looks like they're on two separate roofs at first. And then it well, feels the like they're so close together. If you can jump across, them. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like trying she... to get away from her, running from <laughs> roof to roof. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> Ten roofs, no stop. Ten roofs, five dollars from 1978 money. For the record, I for the, at the beginning thought they were saying ten rules, and everyone's like, "Yeah, ten rules." Like what? And then the slow motion roof race that we then watched. It had to be slow um, motion because you had to get the whole song in. It's true, but uh, she she glides over to the other roof Cock to glides over. <laughs> to come over to him. They are now face to face. Also, we never mentioned the fact that Punch a Bunch of Butch is uh, very much reminiscent of Car- uh, Cameron, Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Yeah, yeah. It very looks very much looks like Cameron Diaz in the seventies. As you mentioned, what. Cameron Diaz should have looked like in Charlie's Angels. Yes, full throttle. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the only one that matters. Um, but she's sitting there and she's trying to basically woo him for the final time, and she's trying to kiss him, and he like he just won't even turn he his face. Doesn't even kiss her back. Like his lips just just like stay I don't in the same care. position. I don't care about cars. Are you gonna fucking kiss a prostitute? <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I don't. <laughs> And then she's like, I love you, Cosmo. (laughs) Sure enough, uh, you know, Darren Darren Aronofsky stole some script uh, work from this movie. He's like, like, oh, you're a no good piece of meat. (laughs) (laughs) Here's some money. Take it. (laughs) Now I want your time. Um, But she somehow finally convinces him after he realizes he's never going to get Ann Archer. And she's kissed him five times on the face. Gross. And finally, finally he turns his face slightly so she can kiss him on the lips. 
and uh, they're together happily ever I after. Guess. I yeah. don't know. I mean, still, just even after this, it, nothing said after this. Well, I mean, there's still. I mean, basically, I, I'm still on the fuck Cosmo train here. Like this guy's a piece of fucking shit. I never got off that train. I uh, I didn't either. But we're, I mean, even when they try to spoiler alert redeem him, he still allows people to die. Yeah. Um. We have. So Lenny is officially back with the other girl, and yes. then. We have Cosmos officially with his girl. Right, and Suey. So they're, yeah, and fucking, what's in fucking <laughs> Victor, Victor, Victor is and Susan. Suey! <laughs> 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 they're officially together. And now, fucking Not Cosmo, visually appealing, though. Cosmo is training Victor by throwing rocks in a river. Well, Lenny before they get there, there's that awesome scene where Vic, times are changing. People get, uh, or automatic Elect- ice boxes, ice electric ice boxes. boxes. Yeah. So the uh, he's otherwise at the, known as a refrigerator, right? Yes. Um, but like buying ice off the back of a truck ain't the way to do business no more. No. And poor Victor climbs up this stair. There's these very narrow stairway to the and top, and said no ice today. And a frustrated Victor just tosses the ice down. I think this is the coolest shot in the movie. Yeah. That was five thousand dollars worth of ice in 1946. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the slow motion ice crashing down that on was the awesome. stairs, yeah. and then it like smash cuts to the water where now he's throwing shit into the water during his training. He's trying to get them shoulders ready, right? Because they're working on his new big finishing maneuver. The ice clamp. The, yes, the ice clamp. The Listen, ice clamp. in 1978, uh, circa 46, this is a huge. A double trapezius hold followed by a push, finish. Yeah, that's like what shit Ray Mysterio Jr. would like, yeah. you know. People are like, oh, look at that spot monkey with a shoulder pinch. <laughs> a double spot- trapezius? What the that, hell? that spot monkey all tied up in the corner over there. Oh, no. <laughs> that poor monkey. Oh, justice for monkey. We didn't, he didn't even get a name. No, his name was... <laughs> <laughs> he barely had any teeth. Oh. He didn't. He was bearing teeth, but there was nothing there. He was bearing gums. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, so we get this training scene, and then, um, you know, Stallone confronts his brother after Victor leaves about, like, getting back together with his girl. Like, and w- the weird thing that Cosmo always says in this is that the two of you led me on. I'm very sensitive. I'm very sensitive. Like, so your brother led you on to. Do you want to no. fuck your brother? Is yes. that what. Oh. That Charlie Chaplin impression is hot. <laughs> that Groucho Marx impression. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, uh, yeah, he gets all frustrated. He's over it. He wants to go. They meet up with fucking Big Glory living in a fucking beautiful mansion. He lives in the basement of Paradise Alley. Yeah. Oh, yeah, f- surrounded by rats. Yeah. Uh, sitting, in a, sitting in the dark. Yeah, sitting in the dark when uh, Victor and Cosmo showed up, turns the light on, the, mouse, the mice just run away. And, yeah. like, it's a really bad situation for poor Big Glory. Uh, the glory has faded now that he lost. Yeah, he's an older gentleman. He, uh, his, his days of glory are behind him. He, I would say he never really had any glory. You're right. I mean, they're, they're he's another slave to Paradise you know, Alley. He never made a like, ton of money. Yeah, well, they're like, oh, this is where we can finally get out of, uh, you know, we can finally get out of Hell's Kitchen. We can do this wrestling thing. But well, did we ever they get didn't see anything like how they're going to make all this so money? Sylvester Stallone was trying to convince his brother that wrestling was the way to fame and fortune, right? By showing him glory, and his Sylvester Stallone refused to accept that Big Glory was not a successful person. He, did we ever get the name of the shyster promoter of Paradise Alley when he's trying to like haggle him for money? 
Uh, that's going to be a no. So here's what I'm suggesting. When we talk about trying to combine scenes and make things a little, why not make Stitch the owner of Paradise Alley? Instead of the Bar Malones, why not merge that all together and have that be Paradise Alley? Then and you can sticks. Forget about sticks and his ballroom. Unnecessary. But like, if you merge the bar into Paradise Alley, now you got something because now the evil promoter, owner of the bar that's holding Big Glory as a slave is Stitch. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry, but we have to mention uh, the reason that the two establishments are next to each other are so his brother Lenny, who desperately wants to be a dancer who can no longer dance, <laughs> can leave the bar, see people dancing, and then turn around right back into the bar. <sighs> It's uh, it's you know it just this movie is so busy there's so much going on Yeah like there's just you know I'm not an Academy Award winning screenwriter I'm sorry Sylvester Stallone but like there are some real problems here with what you did in your script Not yet <laughs> Body Slam 2 Boom coming to an Oscars near you Mhm Slamming in Japan <laughs> Um this leads us to a very long montage and yes, like, of uh, him bar- battling various wrestlers. Well, now, Kid Salami now has his meat salami vest, vest. and um, he's winning pretty easily in the beginning of this montage, but then as things are uh, barreling along, we see some kind of change in Lenny. Yeah, um, Lenny becomes a dick. He gets a new cane, which I believe is cursed, giving him <laughs> evil powers. <laughs> Conspiracy. All right. Yeah, uh, I believe. So the cane is the power. He had a nice, modest, brown, who knows how it got brown, cane. Well, I'll tell you how that cane got cursed, Lumberjake. Okay. The monkey cursed him in his dying breath. (gasps) The curse of the monkey's curse. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, that monkey, you know, Lenny was such a nice guy, but Lenny never tried once to save that monkey. No. He let this happen. Absolutely. And so in his dying breath, he's like, and it cursed the cane and giving evil powers and corrupting poor Lenny. That's what happened. And he never got rid of that cane. (laughs) No. Um, Evil to this day. Also, this montage shows us that uh, Cosmo is starting to feel bad for his brother, Victor, uh, who's now getting beat up too much in these matches. Which but Lenny doesn't give a shit about, which is the flip-flop of what used to happen. And I think in this extended montage where we get some cameos from some other wrestlers, um, this is also where we can kind of establish in our three-way theater rule book that Paradise Alley treats wrestling as real. Yes. Everything is yes. real. Um, it's dangerous. There's apparently many rounds involved. You have the list of wrestlers who made cameos. I had a few. Because, I have a few. Um, you couldn't really tell anyone in particular other than Ray Stevens who got like in, who got to do his little flare flip that he invented. So these are the names that I have that were on my list. I have Ted DiBiase, Dory Funk Jr., um, Don Leo Jonathan, Don Carnoodle, Gene oh. Kanitsky, Dick Murdoch, Bob Roop, Dennis Stamp, and the crippler Ray Stevens. That's he right, was, Dennis Stamp, baby. He was booked. So... And there were and there were more based on the credits that we yeah. saw. <clears throat> um, I believe Haku was in there. <laughs> was he? Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> but this is a this is a long montage, which makes me believe some of those forty scenes probably included some other wrestling scenes. Um, but this is really something where there's you think no. Mr. Stallone's doing anything. You should contact him and see if we can get those forty scenes. I'll I'll give him I'll give him a ring. Tweet him. All right. Tweet it up. Um, like. There's no progression to this. In one scene, uh, you know, Cosmo's a dick. In the next scene, he's like, my brother's getting hurt. And Lenny's like, who cares? Look at my cane. <laughs> it's been cursed. <laughs> uh, like, 
It's just there's no progression. Well, at the all. progression is that um, Lenny promised fifty wins by Christmas, and he delivered better than no, that. He didn't he? Didn't. No, he said forty or fifty. He made it to forty. He made it to like forty on Christmas. Eve. I thought it was forty nine. No, it was like forty one at the end. Yeah. Oh, fucking kill him! I actually have the uh, put him on ice and yeah. bury him. His match with Terry Funk made him forty two and zero. All right, did it though? Because we were really confused by the finish of that his match. Is I mean, if you I mean, think well, that's if- confusing, wait till we watch Beach Blast 93. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking questionable <laughs> Ooh. Um, So this montage ends and we have a double turn. Lenny is now a dick. Cosmo's apparently a fucking cherub angel. Like, <laughs> who may or may not have steal, uh, stolen a uh, Macy's Santa Claus outfit. Well, the, the Macy's Santa Claus must have died. <laughs> Maybe. He, he almost gets mugged for his well, no, because, sack. Well, no, because... Cosmo can't steal stuff from the dead people anymore because Lenny's not working at the mortuary. So he's not he's not working, he's not embalming, he's not doing that anymore. Right. He got out of that life. Just to be the handler for Kid Salami. And um, this leads to Lenny, they make a match with Frankie the Thumper. Right, so this, now fast forward to Christmas Eve, we get to this big night, everything happens on Christmas Eve tonight. Because uh, one, Lenny goes ahead and he makes the deal with the shyster promoter to do Frankie the Thumper yeah. versus Kid Salami that night. Um, <clears throat> uh, $9,000. Well, so, but first he's just making the match with the promoter, but he goes to make the deal with uh, Stitch, and that's when they do the chump change bit where he's like, $500. And he's like, that's peanuts. Can't in, uh, buy anything with peanuts. In December of 1946, $9,000 would have the same buying power as $103 and $103,000. Okay, all right. $96.09. Yeah, that's that's some money. Times Um, two, which is that's the amount of money on the line. Um, But before before Lenny and Victor show up, there is that scene where uh, Stitch gives gifts to all of his uh, thugs. And oh, that's that was so nice. And that's when Frank the Thumper comes out with his new kill in his teeth robe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that great Mike Pave lumberjake scene where they're looking in the <laughs> mirror with each other, and he's like, "Do I look any older?" Nah. Also, like when Stitch is trying to break, like I don't know what the fuck it was—a pencil or like a, br- a peanut. The peanut. He's trying to crush because the peanuts. He's just peanuts. Trying to, cr- trying to crush it, and he couldn't. And Frankie the Thumper, Thumper reaches <laughs> over and crushes yeah. it for him. Uh, when they make the match, Jake, did you write down what Terry Funk says? Oh, yeah. Um, For $9,000, I'd take my obnoxious, overbearing, smelly, sweet mother's face (laughs) off. (laughs) Which is actually very similar to what he said in his audition video for Paradise Alley, which we watched on the Mike Douglas show previous to recording. Um, So they set this match up for $9,000, which we've learned is a shitload of money. An $18,000 purse, basically. Um, And somewhere along the way, we find out that Big Glory and Cosmo have become BFFs. Holy fuck, we can't even skip over that. Well, we can't skip over that because, so first, uh, Cosmo goes to bring Christmas gifts to Bunchy. Which is, we find out that mileage, a uh, machine. She brings her a machine to attach to her bed to track the mileage that she's fucked. 
Now, um, would you, for mileage on what you fucked, would that be the like how long that you've like the amount of time that you fucked, or would it be the amount of dick that you take? Like, I think what, if you take like enough dick, it's like oh, I got a mile of dick. I think the machine I, is counting each time the bed it hits the wall. So it's almost like a uh, Fitbit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a modern day a 1946 Fitbit, or like a skip it. Yeah, a fuck bit. You know how you skip it and have that um, that have that bit, automatic yeah. counter on the. Oh yeah. Ooh, but the very best thing of all, <laughs> there's a counter on that ball. I'm behind on my fuck bit. Uh oh. Oh no. I'm behind on my my fuck. Get your fucks in, man. You gotta get your fucks in. Um. Um. So but he gets drunk. Drinks well, some champagne. So the one one bit of dialogue between Cosmo and Bunchy here that is fucking Bunchy is a complete subplot that was cut out of the movie is that he's basically saying that tonight is their last night in Hell's Kitchen that they're gonna get out after tonight. Don't remember that. It, yeah, basically he's leaving to go do something, which we then learn is to go hang out with Big Glory. But at that point, he's basically saying that after Christmas Eve, after this big fight tonight, they're getting out of town. Everyone. I mean, he's just talking to Bunchy, so it sounds like it's just him and her getting out. But, like, again, there's no context for any of that because we didn't see any of that. Yeah. We didn't see the change of heart, and we don't care if fucking Cosmo gets out of Hell's Kitchen. I don't give a fuck if he gets out of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Um, but it then seems like this big storyline must have been cut out because it's just not important. Like, don't worry, baby, this is our last night, and then I'm out of here. It's one day away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> baby, what a dream. <laughs> Hopkins. Um. But then he goes and hangs out with Big Glory, which are now best friends. Yeah, because they get drunk. Which you never, you know, that's never established. Never once. Yeah, they're best friends because he brings them champagne. And they decide to go cause some mayhem together. And they sure fucking do. Like, that's a lot of mayhem. They caused a lot of property damage. They go drinking and driving. They break fucking Stitch's window, which he takes personally. Yeah, they took out, like, apart, like, houses, like, completely, their front ends, like, oh my (laughs) god. It was destruction. And then they end up on the docks. The dock side of Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> yep. Um, and they're having this very existential conversation about life, about how since losing to Kid Salami, you know, Big Glory has kind of just faded away. Big Glory's got no family. He but, lied about that. But he's happy. Well, he's happy. He's happy. But And that's why. He's content. Yeah. When he's sad, he doesn't want to hurt himself. That's the weird thing about depression. It really goes in both ends of the spectrum, where it's sadness as well as happiness. And I believe um, Big Glory would be de- described as depressed. I mean, the fact Jesus. that he lived in the basement of Paradise Alley? He was literally just sitting in the dark when they walked in. And he was doing the same when Stallone walked in later on. He was just sitting and, in the dark. And darkness. he had a picture of himself when he was much younger and much... Spryer, yeah. like ready to wrestle. It was uh, that that so basically he he admits to Cosmo that he's here to kill himself. Yes, and Cosmo says, "What about your family? You're like, looking at him like Jesus Christ." And he, now we're thinking like, "Holy fuck! Like he's gonna fucking kill himself." He but like, no, you know, no, no Cosmo wouldn't let that happen. Gonna, yeah. And this is the scene where I would think that if it was an all black cast, this would really have been more poignant. Yes, seeing an Italian like chuckle as. Fucking big glory jumps off of a bridge and lands in a bunch of garbage. And this is where I also thought, like, okay, it's he's a com- not going to oh, do, it. Not gonna he, do he it. Didn't he's not going to go through yeah. with it? So like, again, just for reference, he's like, oh, he, big glory, what are you doing? He, <laughs> they're on the pier. 
Cosmo just watches him jump off the pier, and then he slowly walks over because he's afraid to see what he's going to see. And then, ah, oh, no, just kidding. Big Glory's in a bunch of garbage. And we all have like, Big Glory, what are you doing? <laughs> Get up here, Big Glory. No. And then he stands up. He goes, that's life, kid. Something along the way. In a hundred years, no, no one's going to know, boob, anything about this. And then jumps into the water. And just slowly drowns. Fuck. Like, we assume. Well, it's, I mean, again, you're not sinking to the bottom. Day. You're not sinking to the bottom of the Hudson River like that. You're the Ernie Hudson <laughs> River. <laughs> he probably <laughs> couldn't swim. That's racist. But that means, no, he flailed around. He's like, oh, yeah. Like, basically, Cosmo would have had to sit there and watch for at least a good 10, 15 minutes till he finally submerged himself. Hey, Glory, what are you doing? Ooh, you're being crazy splashing that water like that. Ooh, you got a little water on my shoe. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he dies, and he's like, I don't want you to do any of that hero stuff, Cosmo. Yeah. Just like his brother and he did. Doesn't it, he It's like, oh man, he's going to do what his brother did and did be a hero. hero thing. No, he's not. He lets Big Glory and then, die. And that's the last we hear <laughs> of Big Glory. Tell anybody about no, it. We never think about, hear about Big Glory again. Big Glory's fucking dead. It's fucking brutal. Fucking A. Yes. Like. Well, you know, you can't uh, can't mourn forever. So the main event. <laughs> no, wait, but wait, wait, but oh, big glory. Nope, nope. We're shouldn't disregard. we? Shouldn't we let you know the the owner know the guy that you know he lives in the basement of Paradise House. Nope, don't oh. let him. Don't let him know. All or right. Don't let his son fucking uh, Sammy know either. Wait, his son is Sammy. Yeah, Dance and Sammy. Yeah, the another conspiracy boy. we got here. Yeah, why wouldn't they be father and son? I, that feels racist, Jake. No, it's father and son. They both like work at the same place. It's like the father. So you're like, saying two African American men can't work in the same place together? Well, I feel like it's a little too convenient because they're like the only African Americans that I see within this movie. Hmm. Before we get to the main event, <laughs> why is why are there no, fucking no. why are there two black people in all of fucking New York? Because they couldn't afford extras in this movie. <laughs> I'm not buying it. All right, uh, Mikey, what were you going to say? Father and son. Before we get to the main event, there was a yeah. scene, and I can't put my finger on what the context of it was, All but right. it's like Stitch and the buddies, and something happens, and he turns to this girl who's just next to him and starts choking, choking her. <laughs> that was after they broke the window. That was after okay, they broke the window. All right, after was, the yeah. drinking and driving. <laughs> He just turns around. They just, pull the truck out. They le- they, they drive they away. Crash and, then, it and then drive away. And then the girl next to him's like, man, that's fucked. And he just starts choking. <laughs> <laughs> Fade out to the next End scene. The scene. She's probably dead, dead too. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, one thing I was surprised about Paradise Alley, I was expecting tits in this movie. Nope. I, no, there isn't. But like, Not even one. It was definitely something where I'm like, it's the won. 70s. It's the 70s. Like, They've shown tits on lesser things. Like they're just gonna pop up, even if it's a PG movie. Tits will be there. Yeah, there was nothing. Was there was no rating yet. Punchy really wanted to show her tits, but they wouldn't let her. I believe that she's like, "Hey guys, you want me to show my tits?" They're like, ooh, they're like, gross. No, they're like, ooh. everybody's seen them. Put it away, Punchy Bunchy Dunchy. <laughs> ooh, these are a little bit bunchy. Huh? <laughs> oh, I got a new name for your character. Oh, I preferred Carol. <laughs> nope, Bunchy. <laughs> <laughs> So we get the main event. The main event. And God is, damn, I wish somebody could patch the goddamn roof. Which is, yeah, the main event, it's happening in <laughs> a torrential fucking downpour. It can't be safe because there's overhead lights. We've already established that this building is underground already. It's like a downstairs club. This <laughs> is definitely the same as um, 
Grunt the Wrestling movie where Mad Dog Joe DiCurso and uh, Skullcrusher Johnson wrestled, and also the same as the place in Slammed for the back bar. Oh, wrestling. it's definitely a backyard bar, a bar, the backyard oh, yeah. bar circuit. Also, the, the precursor to also it. Also, the people from No Holds Barred, the same building. Yes, also. yes. Um, there is rain only coming in over the ring. Everywhere else inside Paradise Alley is dry as shit. In the rain, um, it is torrential. But you know they don't. Well, those were umbrellas coming into the building. Okay. Uh, But in the in the building, they're fine. Except in the ring, torrential downpour. And it appears like the aprons coming up like a barrier to keep the water in. Yeah. Very strange. Very strange. Um, Basically, Lenny Lenny's being a dick again. Cosmo's trying to get Victor to not go into the match and not do it because he's afraid that Frankie is going to kill him. Yeah, uh, which is you know apt. But before this, we get a scene with Lenny and his girl, where she basically oh, says, "Oh, yeah, let's talk about the end of Ann Archer." Yeah, she she basically says, "I'm I can't do this anymore. If you don't come back to me tonight, then we're done." We're th- in the first scene, he gives her the ring. So the re- the scene starts with him giving her what I would assume is an engagement ring. Yeah, promise and he's like, ring. Is this for, back together? Is this for me? Yeah, maybe. And then he, <laughs> he was being a dick then. And then he struts in and looks at a uh, uh, like a bust of statue of him. And he's like he's trying to like and look he at poses his next to yeah. it. Like, Hello. And is it me you're <laughs> looking for? Um and now talk about scenes missing. We clearly miss the fight because then it cuts to him leaving the apartment and him just kind of strutting out and being like, "Well, I guess this is over with." <laughs> Like so, he's we, like, "Hey, thanks for the bust. I'll see you later." <laughs> if you leave, that's the end of us. He's like, you know, she's like, "If you leave, this is over with." And he's like, "Listen, I'm on my way up, and you're, and you're afraid, afraid of heights." Of heights. <laughs> like, what a Holy fucking shit. dick! So she takes off the ring, throws it at him, catches it, catches, catches it, it with one hand, puts it in his pocket. For the next <laughs> he should have caught it with his along. arm that had the cane and just did a little dance. Just caught it with the cane, <laughs> or hit the ring back on oh. his ball and smacked her in the face. It killed it. her he immediately. Was like, he was like, "The ring is also cursed." And he's like, "In seven days, you will die." <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrong ring. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's the end of her character, though. Yeah, we do not it. see her again in this movie that because wraps up that nicely. Uh, without jumping ahead into the match too much, this ends in Mikey's most hated way possible. Ugh. No resolution. Nothing. Um, th- we got we got about like a thirteen minute match. Well, it's not that. Lo- JC, how long did that match <laughs> feel to you? It was about a, I think at least a ten or twelve minute match. The match went uh, six minutes twenty two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> All right. Yes. Um. The artistic decision to have the rain falling did lead to some cool shots yeah. once the thunder and lightning started. <laughs> We're the lightning and the thunder, the Timmy Thunder. thunder. <laughs> <laughs> the lights started going out and flickering. Uh, Leading oh, to uh, one of my fucking yeah. favorite moments. The light was going on and off, and then the lights went out for a while. And then they came back on, and all of the mafia guys were in the ring choking <laughs> Victor. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the match overall? Like as far as good. other other matches we've seen Terry in three way theater, his balls off. Tay Funk took about a million hip to- hip tosses and arm drags. He did a fucking head scissors. Uh, now you've talked in the past, Jake, about the the choreography from like you know Grunt and things like that. Yeah. We know that Terry Funk was the choreographer in this movie. Yes, you think it holds up to what they've done in other movies? Absolutely, yeah. I think that was on par. Maybe not on the same level as like a um, all the marbles. Better than the wrestler. Better than seventy four. Yeah, for what it was, definitely. He uh, Terry Funk had a very Terry Funk match. He fucking was taking all the wild bumps and shit. 
splashing in that pool. That was so fucking cool. It looked cool. It did look cool. I've it was still that. silly, I've, but I've it looked had cool. those matches before. I've me and Mikey were like me that, and Mikey yeah. were on a we're at a show at an old folks' home <laughs> in the rain. Ugh. And on a Sunday morning. And they had a vinyl canvas. So Easy that shit, like Sunday morning. That, it was a vinyl canvas that so was not absorbing the water as much as it was pooling the yeah. water. But you know what, Jake? How vintage is it to be on vinyl? It was. Like, I love being on vinyl. The sound quality is better. Yeah, it's bump. fantastic. Um, I had a match. Uh, I was uh, the guy tried to drown me within the <laughs> middle of the pool. I spit out water. It was, it was great. Fantastic. Mikey had some sort of wacky match that night. Slipping uh, and sliding all over the place. Uh, Tony Atlas wrestled fantastic. in his street clothes. Anybody had a cell phone? Uh, t- we, me and Mikey were actually walking to the car uh, to get changed because there was no dressing room as much we're going to just get changed in the car and then we're walking past Tony Atlas who's sitting in the car on his cell phone and he goes uh, Mikey's in front of him to shake his hand he goes and there's a man in front of me with a beard and he keeps <laughs> trying to kiss me <laughs> <laughs> he's a funny looking man <laughs> thanks Tony Tony Atlas is the fucking man Tony we've teamed together yeah, oh right? my god like this like it's definitely uh <sighs> The rain is cool, and it leads to some really cool spots. Um, I guess the flickering, I mean, although it's definitely not believable to be thunder and lightning, it's still a cool effect, like with like the strobe lighting. Frankly, the, Frankie the Thumper has a record of 179 wins and 90 cues. Right. And uh, Kid Salami has a record of 41 and 0 so far. All right. Uh, I think the match was really good. It ended with shenanigans by DQ. What was the DQ for? That's, that's what I couldn't figure out. So... They, I feel like he was. It was DQ'd for something he did illegally. The announcer declared the DQ. Then everybody rang the ring and stitches threatened him. He goes, "Oh no, the Frankie actual the winner is wins. Frankie the Thumper." And then something they can. And then all of a sudden, the Victor comes back, back on. on and he starts fighting again, and then Victor wins. He didn't win because, like, at the end they were like, "Victor, you were trying to throw the match the whole time." Yeah. Why didn't it was better when it was just the three brothers? Why didn't you do? Why'd you wait till the twenty second round? So is it like blackjack? Is it a push? Because is the whole my, thing just like? Because my birthday's the twenty second. <laughs> fucking Victor. Which we didn't find out to that fucking very. Yeah, that was never, never a plot never point before or since. So do you think they just get to each keep their money? Like there's no. no, no I like. <sighs> no, um, Vic, they're gonna be killed. By the mafia. <laughs> well, they here's end up swimming with fucking swimming with the fishes in the ring. Yeah. See, like, so here's where we kind of uh, mirror back to our first episode of Three Way Theater back with Body Slam. Uh, Body Slam also featured a big finale matchup, and then you know the movie ends, and we we were robbed of a lot of resolution that we needed. And I feel like in this movie now, kicking off 2018, we're once again left with a lot of questions. There's probably a lot of murder involved. Uh, there's a lot of broken hearts. We know that much. Yep. Like broken hymens. Plus, what's going to happen to that roof of Paradise Alley? They're going to have to close down. Yeah, that's not passing code. Well, it was the 1940s. It doesn't it's like, matter. It's like they tried to get this happy ending, like the, oh, the band and the band of brothers is back together. But we've but they've never, never felt had that. Again. Yeah, we never got that kind of relationship in the first place. Nope. It. Dro- it 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 pissed me off. Yeah, like they never once showed harmony amongst the brothers. Either one brother no, was fighting they all with just the like other. Laughed and it was at the end. The like, laugh credits roll. 
<laughs> this time you drive. <laughs> Wait, saxophone. Um, yeah, no, the ending really pissed me off. It's it's the equivalent of watching a fucked finish in a regular wrestling match. It's where the equivalent of watching Ron Simmons back body drop Paul Orndorff over the top rope and win by DQ. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But, you know, uh, spoiler alert for another, like, 25-year-old match. But, uh, you know. <laughs> for a spoiler alert for our next program. <laughs> right. I know. I understand. Um, overall, how do you guys feel about Paradise Alley? Um, I like Paradise Alley, but I don't think it was uh, on high on my list of favorites. I mean, I like par- I like things about Paradise Alley. Um, some of the banter again definitely made me chuckle. The best scene was definitely the uh, fire escape scene. Yes, that's my favorite scene in the movie. Absolutely, I thought you actually said that while we were watching. <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> it was great. I-, I thought that Terry Funk was amazing in his role. Um, that's about it. I, I mean, think he really parlayed this into a big wrestling career, uh, to a big movies, movie career. Yeah. Like he as did a bit player. Um, the one thing I really noticed, and one thing that I wrote down that I didn't mention from the very first scene. This movie is acted like it's a like theater production. They're all screaming their dialogue. No one is really like taking the time to like <laughs> like have like maybe they just didn't have a good sound mix and they didn't have microphones. They, they all performed like Hulk Hogan and No Holds Barred. Yeah. They all just screamed and shouted everything. I feel like like summer theater. Like it's just you're not it's like, "Hello everybody, it is me Cosmo." <laughs> Like they're just they're really overplaying so every line. Player, a character named Cosmo is like Arnold Schwarzenegger level bad like names. Yeah. Oh, my name is Alan. Is it? Um, I also I, I realized after Mikey was asking me about Frank McRae who played uh, Big Glory. Yeah. Um, he had a lot of roles later in life where he played a like a chief of police. Yeah. He like was he's in, the uh, last action hero. He's in last action hero, and he was also in. Loaded Weapon 1 with Armand Asante. Get out of town. Yeah. Loaded in, Weapon 1. <laughs> yeah. And he was also in uh, Batteries Not Included. That he was. That's right. That's actually how you first... He was, yeah. Is that the guy from Batteries Not Included? <laughs> yeah. He played Jessica Tandy in that movie. No, I, thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was the uncredited role of Louise Guzman. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't that. <laughs> he was. Guys? Oh. Oh, shit. What did we learn? Um, <clears throat> I learned that uh, 1946 was a time... Of beating women and rooftop races. <laughs> <laughs> rooftop racism is what I like to call it. Yeah. Um, I call them roofies. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys want to have a little roofie tonight? <laughs> um, I learned uh, that sometimes the simple pleasures of life include kicking a can. Uh, I learned, hey, keep the mothers out of this. (laughs) He's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. But I'm talking about Cosmo. (laughs) Oh, no. No, I cannot dig it. it. No. This was fun. I'm glad we're back in the swing of things here, guys. guys. So uh, I'm glad. New Year. um, Same us. my, My big goal for this year is to release so much content that people just puke their guts out <laughs> so we want to overload you this, on three-way yeah. theater this can only go one of two ways it is either going to uh, uh kind of like explode 
three-way theater into the podcast stratosphere and like, oh, all this content, looking this, episodes here, episodes of this, or to our our faithful listeners, they will just stop listening altogether and never listen to us again. Or we'll do exactly the same as we have been. <laughs> yeah, we could, I mean... Three options. Better, <laughs> okay. worse, or exactly the same. <laughs> well, that's the story of three-way theater, isn't it? <laughs> um, our next show we will be reviewing will be a WCW event on our Best in Show podcast. We'll be reviewing Beach Blast 1993 right. with the retrosexual Anthony Green. JC, what will the next movie or television show, what are we going to be doing next? Right. So, uh, as mentioned, so we have today we're dropping Paradise Alley. Next week, we'll have uh, WCW Beach Blast 93. That's going to be our Best in Show episode. So, that's going to be coming next week. And Best then is ne- in quotation marks. Right. For that in, show. Right. That show. Yeah. But uh and then in February we are going to be doing our first sequel for Three Way Theater where we do Scooby Doo in WWE Curse of the Speed Demon. Mm. Um our first sequel that we've ever done on Three Way Theater, which is kinda good because it's gonna get us ready for Glow Season Two, which so you know it's actually a sequel to the first Scooby Doo yes. movie. It's just not just another wrestling Scooby Doo. As far as I am aware, it is a direct sequel right. uh with like a lot of the the same ca- there's some new WWE characters within some of the old WWE I believe, characters. Uh, Undertaker will be in this one. Yep. Um they're they're they are not going to be at WWE City, I know that, but like it's Bullshit. gonna be um it should. I hopefully Dead Meat makes another appearance in the <laughs> ring. That's all I ask for. I'm hoping the Miz to make a return. I, yeah. Yes, he's the MVP. He deserves to be in it. Um, I'm excited for that. We've got a lot of great things coming up. We're going to be returning to TV soon um, with some awesome TV episodes. TGITWT. Yep, uh, that's going to be fun. We got a lot in the pipeline as we build towards big episode three zero. Um, we're going to be, as Jake mentioned, we're going to be throwing that content at you with the best in show. Got some new mini casts out there. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're trying to shoot for two, uh, like a, a show every two weeks or so. Show every two weeks. Two, yeah. Look for like two a month at the very least. Yeah. Um, you know, you can keep up to date with us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Hit all. That subscribe button, and um, we will be automatically downloaded to whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. So, that three way. Listen to us. At Three Way Theater to follow us for updates and things like that on the movies. We'll you know sometimes throw up some trailers for things that we're watching uh, to keep you update on that. Obviously, ThreeWayTheater.com will be the place for you to get we'll throw your up the trailer everything. for Trippin'. <laughs> oh, I love Trippin'. <laughs> oh my god! And then, as Jake mentioned, you now have the ability to like, subscribe, um, get all of our episodes immediately to your smartphone device, whether it be through Podbean, iTunes. Tune in or are now on the Stitcher app. All right. So, yeah, it's or be good. the less direct way of going to threewaytheater.com and you can pick how you listen. I mean, is that right. the more direct way? Nope, less direct. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I'm Mike Pava. I'm Lumberjake. <laughs> I'm JC. And this has been Three Way Theater. Enjoy the sounds of Sly Stallone. Take it away, Sly. Oh, saxophone! I want more sax. Oh, it's gonna help my sax life. And too close to And sometimes the difference is too hard to tell. An old worn-out seat They say You feel
tell me that the sun shines all day. And maybe I'm crazy believing that stuff. But if this is it, well, it's not enough. Oh.